Welcome to Entitled Town, the capital of Cheesehead Nation, a place where 1265 Lombardi Avenue is hallowed ground. Championships are our birthright, and anything short of a perfect season is an affront to the memory of St. Vince, populated by fans who think the grass is always greener on the other side and are yellow with envy of everybody else's success. Let the Green Bay griping begin. This is the week 15 episode of the 2020 season of Entitled Town. The Packers are 11-3 and after beating the Panthers 31-24, to while holding on against the Panthers 31-24. And with two games to go, they only have three losses. And we have a special episode this week. Skyler himself is here to co-host with me. In person, I swear to God. Chad could pinch me right now. So, we will open our victory beverages. Maybe a backup, since it's whiskey December. Do a little hit. Okay. Suntory. Suntory Japanese whiskey. We're going fancy because it's Christmas. Alright. And then we will get into it. Alright, so, the first half... First half of the game was nearly impeccable on the Packers' part, but the second half was arguably the worst performance of the season, especially for the offense, even worse than the Tampa Bay performance. So I think we'll start our gripes in the second half. I guess dealer's choice here, Scott. Do you want to start with the secondary or do you want to start with the passing game? In the well, in the second half, huh? That was kind of depressing. I feel like the team, the defense, and the team as a whole – Shit, I don't even know where to start. Let me just back that up. So the defense clearly was playing with a lead, and they just were playing soft defense. And I don't know, like, Mike Pettin is, he he came along under the Rex Ryan tree, and right when we first hired him, there were some biops on Pettin, and one of his critiques back then when Mike McCarthy hired him was that he's more of an analytical thinker and less of a rah-rah-rah guy. And he paired really well with Rex Ryan, the guy that's uh, really into feet and sniffing feet and, li- <laughs> and licking feet. Yes. Uh, For the record, he had a picture of his wife's feet on his desk when he was a coach. He likes feet. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just, Rex Ryan likes feet. Anyway, and his brother looks like a caveman. Ex- the wolf man, Rob? Dude, he, he looks like a caveman. But one of the critiques of Pettin was that analytical guy, Rex Ryan was a rah, 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 get in your face. Kind of like, I don't know, Donald Trump to Mike Pence? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, he needs to fire those fuckers up. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to playoff time, we can't be giving away minutes of that game. And we gave away two quarters defensively. And you could tell that Aaron Rodgers offensively in the second half was trying. He was trying to push the ball down the field. Uh, who the hell had a drop? Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a drop at the sideline. On a, uh, Lazard. On oh, it was Lazard. Lazard had a pretty big drop. That was a pretty yeah. big drop. And you could tell Rodgers hates that shit when they scheme it and he gets it to where it needs to go and someone in the equation drops the ball. And literally in this scenario, Lazard dropped a ball, and you could tell that pisses Aaron off. And one of the critiques for Aaron is that once he gets off rhythm or once he sees that the scheme isn't working because someone down the line of him isn't playing as well as they should be, and it it lowers the production of our offense because Aaron Rodgers gets a little shitty with it. (laughs) But, yeah, definitely overall. Might you say that Aaron Rodgers could be a little petty? I think... I love the guy, but I think he can be petty. Yeah, I think that he is so smart 
and that he he's the same age as the coach, and he's literally playing at the highest level ever at that position. Arguably, he's playing at the highest level ever recorded at that position, and he's throwing fucking balls to not first-round draft picks, to people that he needs to coach up, that the organization needs to coach up, and then on top of that, they're fucking 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds, and Aaron Rodgers is as old as the coach, and he's a fucking savant. He is so good at that game that, yeah, it's understandable why he gets shitty with people over like, hey, you were three steps behind on that fucking route, you know? Mm-hmm. And he gets really mad, and it's, I get it. And I'll back you up there, and I'm not, I'm not going to say probably. Um, Aaron Rodgers is playing at the best level that any player has ever played in the NFL, in my opinion. And like Skyler said, they showed the graphic on the game. They haven't had a first-round wide receiver since 2002. Can you name that wide receiver? No. Javon Walker. And Kurt Warner, who was calling the game on TV, said that Aaron Rodgers is playing as the MVP this season better than Mahomes. And I agree, and Mahomes is still the front runner, and they have a better record. And he has more passing yards, but Rodgers is truly playing at the the highest level that the quarterback position has ever been played, and I think the highest level of any NFL player ever. The thing is with Rodgers is that he's playing within the system, and Patrick Mahomes is playing with exuberance. He has that young mobility, the gunslinging. He's got a wicked connection to Tyreek Hill, and like the connection that Aaron Rodgers had with Jordy Nelson, but Tyreek Hill just being a freak when it comes to speed. So Mahomes is a fantastic player, but his supporting cast is arguably better than yeah. what Rodgers has. So I would say Rodgers is the MVP this season. And I would like to point out Rodgers has been more mobile over the last three weeks than he has been in like two fucking years. So I think he's he's sprying up a little bit. He's getting some extra hours of yoga in. And he's sprying <laughs> his fucking achy joints up for a playoff run. Yeah, so I want to jump in there. Um there is a disparity there. It's very clear. Aaron Rodgers, up until, what was it, last season, he's never had a, a first-round receiver or a tight end. Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. And it's old-ass Mercedes Lewis who was drafted in the first round a million years ago by the Jaguars. As a tight end. So Rodgers has never thrown yeah. a touchdown pass to a first-round draft pick. That's a wide receiver. He's only done it to a tight or end. Or even a running back. Or even a running back. And then, so the disparity there is that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to the fastest wide receiver in the NFL, probably the fastest player in the NFL, and one of the greatest tight ends of all time and the best tight end in the current NFL, and like a guy who could be the first ever tight end this season to lead the league in receiving yards. There's a disparity there. And so I think Aaron Rodgers is truly truly the MVP. He has a lot less to work with, and he, he might not be as mobile as when he was younger, the way Mahomes is now, but he kind of built that mold of quarterback who's like just a fucking surgeon in the pocket, but when you roll him out and the pocket breaks down, all bets are off. He's even deadlier. Yeah, that's, and you don't want him to get out of the pocket. Mahomes picked that up from Rodgers, even though you know Rodgers is in his mid-30s, so yeah, he doesn't quite have the same explosion that Mahomes had with his legs, but like Skyler said, he's been getting better at moving the ball with his feet. He was actually our second leading rusher in this game behind Aaron Jones, and Aaron Jones had a resurgent uh, game. We'll get to that later. So we talked about Lazard. Lazard had the drop. He had 56 yards receiving. Um, Devontae had a a pretty down game. He'd been on an eight-game streak of receiving touchdowns, and then in this game he didn't get a touchdown, and he only got 42 yards receiving against a, I don't know, kind of a hit-or-miss secondary for the 
the Panthers. They've they've had stretches where they've they've been really good, but then they have stretches where they've been terrible. And for some reason, the Packers couldn't light up the secondary, but they were able to run on them. MVS he didn't have a spectacular game, but he his yards per catch were were astronomical. Linchpin of the offense is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Is as frustrating as that is to say, because he will drop fucking passes. So what about Lazard then too? Because he was dropping balls too. It's, well, that's even more frustration. But yeah. MVS needs to run and execute in a, a complete route tree, which he did not this previous week, but the past week, to keep the defense honest and just keep the playbook offensively wide open. So now we kind of want to transition into the secondary play, and I think we're going to start with one Kevin King. I think I'll just throw it to you. Thoughts on Kevin King in this game? I think that the first half defensively, the secondary was scrapping. They had block passes, safety, cornerbacks. They were knocking balls down. They were playing really well. But the thing is, is that King can get burned. He doesn't really have an in-between. He has a, okay, this is his play is starting level cornerback play, or he's getting burned. And that's kind of one of the natures of being a cornerback. But one of the things with King is that even when he's getting burned, he's not like Ladarius Gunter getting burned. <laughs> he's, Kevin, he's still in the play. He's just not making the play. I still have nightmares about that. Yeah, if anyone doesn't remember Ladarius Gunter, just think back to when he tried to cover... Larry Fitzgerald and the Julio N- Jones. Julio Jones in the uh, NFC Championship. NFC Championship. That was the year that the Falcons blew the twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl. That was when uh, Ripkowski fumbled that ball when the Packers were going to take the lead in the NFC. That Championship. was actually something I'm going to talk about later. <laughs> later on, I was thinking about that. I'll bring that Skyler's up. Skyler's made an interesting point about Gunter in that game, which I might let. We'll let him address later. Like he kind of changed my view on Gunter in that game, but Gunter in general, like. Well, he also he was punching above his his yeah he class, was and he also time. he also had to cover Larry Fitzgerald and got ran the fuck over that too yeah yeah so I I want to hit a couple points about the secondary so Kevin King he had a couple of good pass breakups I think but then he also had a couple of really terrible penalties in the second half the secondary as a whole had one of their better performances in regards to like uh, broken up passes they had seven broken up passes in this game which is like a high I think since the Super Bowl year and the the former Bear. Adrian Amos had three of those seven himself. So it seems like in some aspects the secondary is starting to get better or at least look better in this game. But then you have like the flip side of Kevin King. And as Packer fans and Wisconsinites will never forget that Kevin King was drafted over T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt is the best outside linebacker right now in the game. And he plays for the Steelers. And he was born and bred in Wisconsin. And his brother was born and bred in Wisconsin and went to the... And his other brother. And his other brother. <laughs> and J.J. Swat is playing for a terrible franchise in the Houston Texans. Three-time J- defensive player of the year. And J.J. Watt, or T.J. Watt, we could have drafted him. We were ahead of the Steelers. But Ted Thompson, in his glory, traded out of the first round. And then the Steelers took him, what, the next pick or the two picks? Well, when, we, when the Packers drafted King, TJ was still on the board. No, he wasn't. We drafted. Wasn't that what it was? No, no. we drafted okay. King in the second round. Okay. We were ahead in the first round, and we traded out of the first round. You can look this up. Okay, let's look. All right, we'll trust Skyler. I'll look it up later. Let me anyway. finish the story. Yeah. So we traded out of the first round. The Steelers had, like, the next pick or the pick after, 
They took TJ Watt. We were kind of high on TJ Watt, but he had only played one year as a Badger as outside linebacker. So he wasn't necessarily proven, but he's coming from a fucking pedigree in from the state. And it would have been an awesome Green Bay Packers story to have a homegrown talent on the team. Especially so that good. we traded out of the second round, or excuse me, first we traded round. out of the first round, got an additional second round draft pick and a fourth round draft pick. We used our second round draft pick on Kevin King, our starting cornerback currently, who's hot and cold. And then we used our fourth round draft pick on the guy that started opposite of TJ Watt for the Badgers, which was Vince Beagle. And he didn't even make the team. He got cut. He didn't even make the 53-man roster. So, yeah, hindsight 2020, we definitely should have fucking drafted T.J. Watt. And that's why we love Skyler and his his segments and his insights, because how about that knowledge? I was way off on that. This guy, steel trap up there. Steel trap, a bourbon. Suntory Japanese whiskey. Suntory Japanese whiskey. And <laughs> we got some Line and Kugel spritzers. And edibles and sleep deprivation. Probably shouldn't say that because they don't know what state we're in. And breathing in black mold. <sighs> All right. So let, now we're going to transition into something that I don't know how aware of you were in the while watching the game. And I wasn't the most aware of it until I went back and rewatched a few of the, the plays and stuff. Lucas Patrick on our O-line versus Derek Brown. Derek Brown is a, a rookie pass rusher for the Panthers, and he was working Lucas Patrick, and he was getting through him consistently in terrorizing Rodgers, and I feel like that had a lot to do with how bad the second half passing game was, and just in the second half offensively was in general. And ultimately, they got home to Rodgers five times. They got five sacks on him, and this was like a mid-level at best pass rush for a team. And the but way, in in Carolina's defense, they did turn it on in the second half. Yeah. They really did. Just like how Kansas City whooped our ass in 2011 to derail us from a 16 and 0 season. This is Walker's the this Orton. is the, yeah this is the NFL, and any team can win any week. Just ask the Jets and the Rams, <laughs> or ask the fact that the Dolphins literally make you fucking win games. See, and then and speaking of the Rams, this is what concerns me about that pass rush getting to Rodgers so effectively is the way the NFC is built this season. There's some formidable pass rush in the playoffs. And I mean, Aaron Donald might be the prime example with those Rams and like, he's a D tackle doing it. And I mean, the saints got their secondary is more of their strengths, but they got a pass rush. The, the, the suddenly resurgent Washington football team that looks like they're probably going to win the NFC East. That's a nasty young pass rush. That looks like the 49ers of two years ago. Like that kind of that playoff field in the NFC scares me if we can't stop the pass rush. And we know how Rodgers plays when he gets terrorized in the pocket. Not well. All right, I think we're going to move on to something a little more positive. And I think we're going to start with red zone efficiency, particularly in the run game in the first half. Uh, and speaking of that run game, Aaron Jones had 145 yards, 7.2 yard per carry average. I was talking about how he's been up and down this this since he's come back from the injury. Aaron, A.J. Dillon had a good run. And A.J. Dillon had a good run. I think Jamal might have got a little banged up in this game. But uh, Aaron Jones, notably one of the seven Packers Pro Bowlers, but o- the only one of the seven that wasn't named the starter for the Pro Bowl. So is there a better running back in the NFC, apparently, than Aaron Jones? 
I don't think so. Like who who who's starting ahead of him? I haven't. I forgot to look, but probably I mean, that guy probably sucks. Probably. I mean, would it, I don't know how it'd be Zeke this season. Adrian Peterson. No, what's the guy with the Vikings? Delvin. Oh yeah, Delvin Cook. Delvin. So that would make sense. Delvin yeah, Delvin Cook. Cook's yeah, better than Aaron yeah. Jones. He's even in our division. We forgot about the guy. Yeah. The guy who terrorized us this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four touchdowns himself. Literally carried if, the Vikings. If the Vikings franchise was a house, it'd be a trailer. And if Dalvin Cook was a car, it would be a Bugatti parked in the driveway. That is literally the Vikings franchise. Under the carport. Yeah, under the carport. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about the red zone efficiency and the run game. In the first half, how about that run game, Skyler? It was good. It was good. I don't think it was. So the Panthers of the fourth worst run defense in the league, so it isn't necessarily a performance to hang our hat on. And I don't think that we were as explosive as we could have been with the run, especially in the first half. We were running all over them, but we just didn't stick to the run. We still mixed it up. Uh, but the, my big thing is we're going to need A.J. Dillon. We're going to need three running backs for the playoffs, especially if we get the number one seed. And Irvin's out now. And it's going to go through uh, Lambo in the cold. We need those tree trunks to fucking steamroll some defensive lines. And that those set of tree trunks are going to be A.J. Dillon. The guy's a beast. We need 2014 Eddie Lacy. We just need it right now as A.J. Dillon. And you know one team that has shown so far this season that they don't play well in cold weather is the Buccaneers. Tom Brady sucks. <laughs> the Buccaneers suck. I hope... I hope Antonio Brown tears apart that fucking locker room with his antics. And I love you, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Drag. All right, so that was Aaron. Uh, we'll just keep the good vibes going. The Silver Fox himself, Mason Crosby, making another clutch kick. What a stud. That dude has like seven kids. I mean, he's, he's hitting it in the bedroom department. <laughs> I mean... Seven kids. That's why I call him the Silver Fox. Fucking A. You, you know why he kicks so well? Because he's got to feed seven fucking kids. He's got to be the most stressed out person in that locker room. Do you think he kicks with his third leg? <laughs> he's still The boy's still got it. He's still got it. The old man still got it. Love you, Mason. See, that's that's one of the things I've been talking about this season. Chad's knocking over all of his Yeah, I'm knocking over hands here. here. We're just getting a little too loosey-goosey. Loosey anyway, so one of the things I've been talking about this season was exquisite old man ball, and it was solely about uh, Mercedes Lewis. I guess you could call Aaron Rodgers exquisite old man ball, too. But, you know, don't forget about Mason Crosby. He's playing some exquisite old man kicker ball. Like I said in my previous segment... <laughs> We need to get Stone Cold Steve Austin on a fucking plane to Lambo, and he needs to teach a clinic to one person, and that's J.K. Scott, our punter. Someone needs to teach that fucking kid who can't even put a hair on his face. He's got a baby face. John Kimball Scott, isn't that that dude from The Fugitive? No, that's Richard Kimball. Anyway, keep going. So we need to get Stone Cold Steve Austin down here. And he needs to teach J.K. Scott how to open up a can of whoop-ass. And then once he has his confidence on how to fucking lay a smackdown on someone, then maybe his punting game will be better. So, since we're talking about the good and the bad and the ugly, and some of the failings of the Packers in the second half, and some of the good stuff, we'd be remiss if we don't mention Matt LaFleur. Guy's amazing. Just downright 
already Hall of Fame head coach for the Packers, doing something that even Vince Lombardi couldn't do with the back-to-back. I mean, if we finish this season winning out, back-to-back 13, three seasons. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. I, I agree with Chad, but I just want to clarify. He would, pretty good case for him to enter the Hall of Fame. For the Packers, not necessarily not the NFL Hall. Of Fame. Not the NFL. I was talking Hall about the Packers Hall of Fame at right. 1265. Yeah. Uh, Ray Rhodes isn't getting into the same Hall of Fame that Matt Lafleur is getting into. <laughs> well, fuck Ray Rhodes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Matt, at this point in time, Matt Lafleur has the highest win percentage of any head coach in NFL history, any qualifying head coach, and he qualifies. So Steve Mariucci, he he's better than all of them. Anyway, so. The guy has been a godsend. He's been a revelation. But the second half looked like some real Mike McCarthy shit. Especially with the <laughs> with like how the run game worked. And then like Aaron Rodgers is taking sacks. And then, I don't know. I, you know, I, I agree with Chad. Throw Skyler here. <laughs> I agree with Chad wholeheartedly. I'm apoplectic. I can't. I'm the, tongue-tied. The, the, the second half was Fucking not. Fucking Mike McCarthy. Was not. Yeah. I hope the Cowboys have a blast with Mike McCarthy. They're already having a blast with him. <laughs> So, but the second half, we did not play playoff quality football. Now, let's just take a breath, back up a second, look at the whole picture. There's two games left in the season. We're playing end-of-season ball here. The game was essentially in the bag, and the defense backed off. The offense still tried to move the ball down the field, and Carolina defensively turned it on. So, yeah, I agree that we... The takeaway, the moral of this story is the defense cannot ever, ever play like it did when it comes to the playoffs because we'll lose. Oh, speaking of the defense, I meant to throw this to you earlier, but I forgot. So this is this is not even on the outline. I'm just going to surprise you with this. Mike Pettin, no longer in the booth, no longer seeing it from a top-down view. Thoughts? Does that affect his game? Okay, so... Affect the, how he's calling the defense? Let the me quality? Th- I don't think so. I think that it's a little jab at Pettin, just being like, hey, we don't really care how far we get in the playoffs. You know, if we get to the NFC championship game and lose or win or whatever, we're still evaluating your job at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I think that's what that is. It's a little like, Putting hey, them on notice. You, we care about our defense. Let's do something about it. But you want someone on the sideline, okay, off season 2020, we were all talking about Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour and them taking <laughs> Jordan <here>. Love <laughs> in the first round. So get fucking Jordan Love front and center, sideline. <laughs> Don't let him wear a hat. Don't let him wear a face covering. Just let him stand there with his baby face and just let Aaron Rodgers look at him. You know, just he, let it fuel the fire. You know what they should do? They should put a helmet, have him wear his helmet randomly throughout the game and start talking to the... Oh, have him do warm-ups the entire time so Aaron Rodgers is looking over throw, at him. He throws his helmet on up. and he's throwing balls. He's, talk, he's talking to, like, the QB's coach. Yeah. <laughs> he's standing there all cleated up and everything, just, like, jogging like in Rogers place. Rodgers thinks he's about to get benched or some <laughs> shit. That's what we need for the playoffs. <laughs> all right. So, since we're having fun, we're enjoying it, we're in a good mood. The Packers are good this year. You know, the defense might not be good, but... It's fun. The Packers are really good this year. We're going to enjoy the ride. Just not so much Aaron Rodgers left, you know. And uh, it's the holiday season. We're a few bevvies in. And we got things to celebrate. The Packers were tied, a four-way tie, albeit, for the most pro bowlers 
this season for single team. Seven. With seven, including Rodgers as a starter. And how about our, our boy Jenkins on the O-line is a pro bowler. I don't know what position they're going to give him. Wow. Everyone was beating up on Jenkins. Uh, he he plays every position on the O-line, and now he's a pro bowler and a starter. At well, I mean, Bowl. look at – we historically do a really good job – at offensive linemen, even if they don't start for us. Case in point, J.C. Treader. He was a pro bowler for the uh, Cleveland Browns. He's still on the Browns, yeah. He's still on the Browns. They could win their division. He got a really big contract, and he was a career second stringer with the Packers. I never forget J.C. And Treader. he played phenomenal football when they called upon him. Wasn't he the first-round pick the year we got Lacey? No, he wasn't the first-round draft no. pick. He was. A, we'll have to check that out. But yeah, anyway. I... Just really your train of thought. He's yeah. phenomenal. Packers do good at offensive line. But they also had they sometimes it feels it, it's a little rough to see, but they're also kind of good at knowing when to cut the O line players too. Yeah, they don't hand out third ca- contracts. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll cut a motherfucker, Jason Sitton. Bakhtiari, you're on notice. <laughs> no, he got a th- he got his extension. Yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. But Sitton got cut. They let Lang walk. Lang was in his prime, too, but he got derailed. Like, hindsight, sitting in Lang, smart decisions. Brian Blaga, Iowa. Iowa. I mean, well, he's hurt again this season, so. Iowa. They must have seen something about that. Uh, So, speaking of Pro Bowlers and Pro Bowl starters, Devontae Adams, best receiver in the NFC. That includes Michael Thomas. Yes, in the NFC, I agree with you. DeAndre Hopkins, though. Best receiver... DeAndre Hopkins is in the NFC. Yes, he he's a Cardinal Since now. When? He's a Cardinal now. Since when have the Cardinals been in the NFC West? Because <laughs> the Texans are. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is incredibly stupid and traded the best wide receiver. In I the don't NFL know why someone doesn't hire him for less than a one first for less than a first round pick. Anyway, so Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> I would, dude. Honestly, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't even want to have this argument because they're both phenomenal. I agree, and and. Uh, oh my gosh! You imagine if we had him <laughs> and Devontae Adams. Well, you know who was up until Kelsey took over the receiving yards uh, lead. You know who was leading the league in receiving? Adrian Peterson, Stefan Diggs. Oh gosh, Bills. Yeah, and you know who the who Aaron Rodgers petitioned to get? Stefan Diggs. <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to do a trade in the same division. Very hard. And then the the Vikings drafted that Jefferson rookie receiver who the Packers could have drafted. Bonkers ass good. Should be rookie of the year, honestly. He's and, a freak. But yeah. I feel like he's going to get hurt. <laughs> anyway, so what about Devontae Adams, best receiver in the NFL? I think you can make the case. Tyreek Hill? Nope. Julio Jones? No. So then it's like Michael Thomas, DeAndre nope. Hopkins. I'd say it's Hopkins or Devontae. <sighs> Who else is left? I mean, Tyreek doesn't have the body. I don't know if you could say Mike Evans. Tyreek mm. doesn't have the body control that Devontae has. Yeah. Freak O nature. I mean, and he's not even a first rounder. I mean, we got. Second round. We almost cut him. We got Devontae squarely in his prime. We got Aaron Rodgers playing the best ball of any player. In NFL history, we just got to enjoy the ride. You know, who cares how it ends? Well, we do care how it ends. But no matter how it ends, enjoy the fucking ride. All right. Back to a potentially negative note. Looking ahead, the Packers play the Titans, another playoff team, but 
from the other conference. And the Packers are really weak against the run. And, and also, Ryan Tannehill had a five-touchdown game Yes, against the Lions. They scored. And what is up with Ryan Tannehill? The guy is good. Adam Gase. He is good. Adam Gase. And they let him go for nothing. There's I mean, a reason that Adam Gase hasn't been Titans fired. That's how the Jets tanked. him as an afterthought, and he almost took those fuckers to the Super Bowl. Adam Gase. Never forget that Adam Gase is arguably the worst head coach in NFL history. He ruined he ruined Ryan Tannehill. He's ruining Sam Darnold, and he also blew the Jets' chances of getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> he fired Greg Williams too soon. Anyway, we're talking about the Titans. Packers playing the Titans. Titans are a quality team. They were a team in the AFC Championship last year, like Skyler was talking about. Derrick Henry led the league in rushing last year, and he's already like 200 yards past that point this season. He could, he has an outside chance at being another 2,000-yard running back. Packers are terrible against the run. We need to get Gutekunz and Matt LaFleur on the phone. I know their numbers. We just call them. I just want to listen. When Fitzpatrick retires, I want him as quarterback coach. All right? I want to see him in Lambeau <laughs> on the sideline coaching Jordan Love. There you go. What was your question? Thought. We're going to get a fucking run all over. <laughs> Derrick Henry's going to fucking make us look like the children we are. We need Billy Wynn. We're not going to have him. He's out for the season. Billy Wynn is the largest human being that plays for the Packers. You see him on the field, you're just like, who the fuck is that guy? Because he's huge. But he got hurt. He's not there anymore. Dean Lowry, he has been playing really well. But then we also have Tyler Lancaster, who's, who starts a lot, and it's just like, why? He's just not that good at stopping the run. So we need Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. We need Kenny Clark and Kingsley Kiki to have a game. Indeed. And they're not going to. You we, To stop Derrick Henry, you need everyone on that D-line to have a game. And it's not going to happen. Statistically, it's just not going to happen. So we need to just kind of... Slow the bleeding and have Aaron Rodgers do what he does. Yeah, and the Titans do have a invulnerable secondary, so that that's like the saving grace, at least offensively. Um, Derrick Henry is such a beast that if he broke into a lunchroom and ate everyone's lunches and started a fight, he'd still beat up everyone and eat all their lunches. So speaking of Derrick Henry, what do you think the odds are that he goes for 300 yards on the Packers? On the Packers? Uh, hopefully it's 300 yards in garbage time because Aaron <laughs> Rodgers throws for 42 points. Because, I mean, he's had multiple 200-plus ru- running, like rushing games if this, we keep, this season already. If, dude, honestly, if we keep him under 220, I'll be happy. I, actually, I have to agree with that. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? Yeah, if we keep him under 220, I'd be happy. I'm thinking, like, he's going, like, 275. And <laughs> we're all scared of it, you know? All of us that are know what the Packers really are. Yeah, it terrifies us. Packers need to win the game. I think they can do it. But it's all on the offense. <laughs> but you're also playing against a team that scored over 40 points this last week. So, like, can Rodgers score 60? If Mark, if the linchpin of the offense, Marquez Valdez Scantling has a game, then yes. All right. Uh, so I think we're going to start winding down here. 
So I'll just throw it to you. No pressure. Free reign time. Skylar segment. Anything else you want to add about what the Packers did, what the Packers are about to do, the NFL as a whole? Hit me with it. Uh, I don't know if you remember me saying for like the last couple of weeks. Do you remember what I kept saying? Uh, you said a lot of things. Okay, well. <laughs> I... Middle linebacker play. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so 2014, the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and lost against Tom Brady because Matt Ryan just likes to be terrible. I don't know. But <laughs> one of the big things that year was their defense. Matt Ryan is terrible. Their defense was really, really fast at the middle linebacker position. They were, they were very that. athletic yeah. at the middle linebacker position. And I was going to bring this up. Mike Beasley? And Chad touched on it at the beginning of the segment, is that we were starting a comeback, or in our fantasies, we were starting a comeback when the Packers lost to the Falcons in 2014 in the NFC Championship game. We were starting a comeback, and one of the plays that we had been playing... 2017? Sorry, 2014 was the Seahawks. Seahawks collapsed. So I'm talking about 2017. So... Yep, keep going. Whole thing I said was 2017. So... One of the plays that we would do was a scrum play. Where Actually, I gave him wrong information too. So that was the 2016 NFL season. Yes, 2016 NFL season. That was the round the table year. The NFC Championship was played in the beginning of 2017. So, all right, keep going. What what's the, one of the plays that we would do throughout the season was a scrum play, and Aaron Ripakowski was our fullback. He had yep. spelled John Kuhn that year, so Kuhn wasn't on the team. I don't believe. And yep. Ripkowski, another redhead, was playing really good football. He was athletic. He was playing really good football. McCarthy was scheming some shit to him. And one of the plays we would do is a scrum play, and that's give him the football, let him run into the line, and then the entire offensive line would push Ripkowski. It would be all these fucking dudes pushing one fucking dude. And it worked. It worked when we would play it. I know where you're going with this. I, I can, I'm picturing this vividly in my mind right now. It's right. seared into my brain. Right. Keep going. And what happened in the NFC Championship game is we scrummed it to Ripkowski, and he was going through the line, and he got hung up, and they knocked the ball loose. It was a fumble, and they recovered it. And so we went from a touch, Packers touchdown to take a lead? I don't remember no. the exact scenario. Anyway, to... Fumble recovered for the Falcons, and then the Packers ended up getting blown the fuck out in that game. And the defense, the point is the defense for the Falcons that year pivoted around the middle linebackers. And middle linebackers historically are devalued across the league. We let uh, Blake Martinez walk. Who's leading the league in tackles. And he does. I mean, he was always tied or second place for like three years in a row for leading the league in tackles his last three year with the three years with the Packers. But the thing is, is, like, Kingsley Kirksey, the guy we got from the Browns, he plays, he has a higher ceiling than Martinez, but his floor is much lower. Martinez is very much, he's never cold. He's always medium or maybe mildly hot. Uh, so Kirksey, Kirksey occasionally has sideline, sideline speed. He's got a lot of knowledge of the game. He's playing well. We have a third-round draft pick, Oren Burks, at middle linebacker, who's never done anything for us. But we drafted him in the third round. And then we have Ty Summers, number 44, who's like a seventh-round draft pick. And like his RES score is elite. He's got really, really good athletics. 
but he doesn't play well. Uh, but then we have what a fifth round draft pick and an undrafted rookie free agent that are that are playing better than all those guys. Mm-hmm. And that's all we need is we just need a couple of middle linebackers to actually play really well. And the Packers haven't had that since AJ Hawk, and even AJ Hawk wasn't that good. No, no. So right now, I believe as a Packers fan, we're seeing the best middle linebacker production as a whole than we've seen in years. And I think some of it, you can give credit to Mike Patton. So, a little bit of credit to Mike Patton. He hasn't been getting much of that lately. Um, Philosophical question. Do you prefer the higher ceiling or the higher floor? Higher floor. All right. And speaking of that Falcons game, we presaged this early on in the show, but getting back to Gunter. Pressers? Presage. You presaged it? Presaged. You presaged it. Okay, go on. Okay, we previewed it. Fuck it. Anyway, we were talking about Ladarius Gunter covering Julio Jones, and I was talking about how you had a take on that that kind of changed my view about it. What was my take? (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't remember. Okay, you're telling... I I was bitching about Ladarius Gunter covering Julio Jones and that being my nightmares, and then you were talking about, like, well, Ladarius Gunter... Did his damnedest. He played his ass off to the best of his ability. He was playing against Julio fucking Jones. <laughs> Dude, he was like, Julio Jones is probably like four inches taller than he is. Ladarius was a small fucking dude. Yeah, so that kind of, like, I was kind of hating on him, and then Scott was like, well, he did the, the best he could for his physical. Like, what the fuck did you expect from him? He's an undrafted cornerback playing against... A Hall of Fame wide receiver. A fucking demigod. Dude, he is. And he's a sweetheart of a person. No, wait. Oh, man, my leg fell asleep. (laughs) All right, we'll pause. All right, so I think we're going to start winding down on what I would say is arguably the most fun episode of Entitled Town. And I would think I would know because I'm the only one who's hosted this except for the bonus episode Skyler gave us this season. So, you know, I pretty much... So between the two of us... (laughs) We know if it's been fun, and I think this has been really fun. Congratulations to us. And to our listeners, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All five of you. Anyway, last call on Skyler's segment. Riffing on anything you want, last call. That's it, man. 2020's right. been a bitch, and I'll be glad to get the fuck out. All right, so that will bring us to the end of the show, which means we come to our... Weekly countdown. You think you can handle it? The countdown? No, I can't. You know but I would just it? like to say <laughs> we've been recording at Archie's Rod Shop Studios. Archie's Rod Shop Studios. Yep. Where we hang chainsaws from the ceiling, <laughs> and we're a bunch of entitled cheeseheads who just can't handle when the Packers look remotely vulnerable. That's it. All right. Fucking a Titans. Titans up next. Now we're gonna edit this thing and make nachos and play video games. So, that's it for this week's episode of Entitled Town. Thank you for listening. As it stands, my friends, there are six weeks until the Green Bay Packers go down to Tampa Bay, Florida, and win Super Bowl 55 by 55 points to bring that fifth Lombardi back to Entitled Town. Or, I mean, Title Town, excuse me. Packers rule. Tampa Bay sucks. Florida sucks. I'm kidding. Florida's okay. What about the Bears? Bears always suck. Do you even need to ask that? They, the Bears still suck. Bunch How of about 
the Lions firing their special teams coordinator because he went rogue and ran a fake punt that the head coach didn't okay and fucked it up. I say more power to him. Uh, the head coach is also the interim head coach because the head coach got fired this season. I would do the same fucking thing because <laughs> the chances are that that special teams coach wasn't getting rehired. You think he's better than the Packers special teams head coach? Or special, special teams coach. If we would just open the piggy bank and get a special teams coordinator, oh my God. Hey, all right, picture this. I'm going to go real fucking crazy right here. The Packers find, I don't know, what do we say, 20, mil, 20 million? Throw it at Bill Belichick or John Harbaugh. Both of them were special teams coordinators before they became head coaches. I had Harbaugh in my head, but he's not going anywhere. I would say, you know, who was the governor of Minnesota? Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. That's who we need as our special teams coordinator. It wouldn't even be twenty million. What about Stone Cold? I don't. I don't think he can he's handle. Too pricey. The, yeah, he's too pricey. <laughs> I think he can't handle the stress. We could get mankind and Sako. Who elects a former <laughs> pro wrestler <laughs> as their governor? The guy who was, I think, he was in Predator. Yeah, he was in Predator. Yeah. yeah, he was in Predator with... Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> with Arnold. Someone that fought the Predator. The Predator. How many people from that movie became governors in the United States of America? Two. Two people. <laughs> Jesse Ventura and Arnold. And Arnold was way more successful. Okay, so Jesse the Body Ventura was a pro wrestler and Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder. So I guess steroids... Strong men. Qualify you to be governor. Yeah, I think Jesse the Body got busted for steroids, right? Yeah, and he also, then he started a show about conspiracy theories. So, it just proved the point that he never should have been governor anyway. So, he's still relevant because he birthed QAnon. Or he was like the proto-QAnon. Let's not get into this. (laughs) I think that's about enough. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great place to just stop the podcast. Six weeks, Super Bowl 55, Fifth Lombardi Trophy. Take it to the bank, my friends. Your world champion, soon to be, Green Bay Packers. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. We will catch you after the Packers play the Titans. Thank you for listening.